this morning is one of the big three Sundays of the Christian year. Many people don't know that. They think Christmas and Easter are the big two, but there's actually three big ones. There's Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost. This is the day that the Spirit comes and inhabits us and makes it possible to live this life. Okay, so Christmas, Jesus comes so that God, God can be seen and understood. Easter's the day where forgiveness happens, but forgiveness cleanses the temple ready for the Spirit to come in. That's today. But before that spot happens, those are the actions of the Lord in our life. Before, we, before we're ready for the Spirit to come into our life, and before we know that we're forgiven, and before we hear the Lord of the work of the Lord, that's a place that's really difficult to be in, a place without hope. Have you ever been in a place where hope was difficult to find, where it was difficult to, to just find a way through? Has anybody ever been in that place without hope? Okay, good. Because... Because unless you've been in a place or unless you understand the need for hope and, and that you've been without hope, we, we need to understand what it does to be in that place, that, to, to be in a place where the life just drains out of us. And if we stay there long enough, as Psalm 23 says, you'll, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's the place where hope seems the hardest. Our text this morning deals with that place, if you will. So this is Ezekiel 37. If I can uh, bring it up, there it is. Ezekiel 37. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried by the Spirit of the Lord. This is Ezekiel. This, by the way, just so you know, we read John 3. That's the... the where he says, how can I be born again? That sort of, that text, how can that be possible? Just before this, we're coming right off the Old Testament verse where it says, I'll remove your spirit and give you a new spirit and give you a new heart and put a, a new heart within you and cause you to follow my decrees. That's the spot that Nicodemus was supposed to know about. But here it is, right after that moment, he comes like this, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor, and they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. And then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, only you know. Okay, so as we talk about this right now, Ezekiel is, is with his people, and he's in a foreign country as prisoners, and, and Israel, their homeland, is essentially a wasteland and forgotten, and they are a place, a, com- a company of people, a, a nation, that essentially this dry bones is exactly how they feel. They are in a place without hope, and all their hope has been taken about. But, but when you look at 
people without hope or without or your own life back when you didn't know hope, if you'd asked, if you'd been asked, is there a way out of this? You could actually be right here with Ezekiel and say, I don't know. Only you have a way out of this, Lord. And then the Lord said to him, so as we sit in that moment and understand that moment, the Lord said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath into you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am Lord. little interesting thing just in the text. Normally in the Old Testament, uh, the Hebrew word here for breath or spirit is ruach. Ruach. And and Sandy just loves it when I pronounce the foreign words. There she goes. But he doesn't use this. The the word used here is devote. devote. It's it's for breath. It's It's a different word, but it rhymes with a whole bunch of words around moat and death and grave. And all these things. So, so when you're hearing this, this is also poetry in the original language. But, but if you're near the grave, if you're near a place without hope, if you're in the valley of dry bones, the spirit, the devote, he will put that upon you. And later on, when it gets there, when it, when it comes to life, he calls it el devote, the Lord's breath. El devote. So I want you to hear that. So I spoke the message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves to, as complete skeletons. And then, as I watched, muscles, flesh, covered the bones, and then skin formed to cover the bodies. But they were still had no breath in them. And then he said to me, speak a message again to the wind, son of man. Also the same word. See, in Hebrew, the word for, it's a complex understanding of the Spirit of God that, that the word that they use for spirit is also the word for breath, is also the word for wind. So wind, wind, blow on me, the Spirit of the Lord, the breath of God within us, always the same word. So when you hear that, you might not have breath in you if it weren't the breath of the Lord little aside, one of the names for God, Yahweh, one of the thoughts there is that they are actually the breathing marks. And so that when you you actually breathe in and out, you're saying the name of the Lord in your very breath that every time you breathe, there's the word of the Lord. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And the breath, the devote, the El devote, came into their bodies, and they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old and dry bones, and all hope is gone, and our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy. This is the third time. Prophesy to them and say, This is the sovereign Lord says, O my people. I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again, 
and then I'll bring back to you the land of Israel. This is what, when this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord, and I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Now, why the rhymes? And, and, and I'm sorry I didn't read the whole thing to you in, in uh, Hebrew, but it seems a bit too much to do for that long. But why the rhyme between spirit and grave? Why in this? Because when we're in a dark place, when we're in a place where we don't understand how to live or we can't see a way through or we see no hope and hope is not found, that place is like a grave to us. The very absence of the Spirit of God seems, seems to just be on top of us. But the feeling of the absence of the Spirit of God is not, I remind you, is not the absence of the Spirit of God. It's a feeling, not the actuality. And so when we're in that place and we come to a place without hope, or we've been in a difficult place for a long time, Son of Man, hear the Lord. Hey, human, hey, human there, can these bones live? Can your bones live? Only you know, oh God. Only you. Let's take a moment to set that in there. That when we're in a spot without hope, or when we can't see our way through, or we've got no way forward, or we don't understand what's going on, only the Lord knows the way through. Only the Lord knows the way through. You see, Jesus, to be the New Testament side of this Old Testament story, Jesus healed the multitudes, did he not? They didn't understand how he did it. He healed the multitudes. He healed the dying. He healed the dead. And when it came to Lazarus, he healed the, oh, he stinketh, or in other words, Ooh, don't open that. That's bad. It's too late. It's too late. There's no hope for Lazarus to come back. Jesus did all that healing when nobody knew how to do it, but not just the sick and the lame, but the mostly dead, the, the dead, and the he stinketh. Is there a part of your life that you, you can smell that smell where... You, you might feel like this is beyond hope. We are all, or have been, either in those places where Jesus healed, where you're part of the multitude, where you've got, where you can get to Jesus, or you've been, or or you will be dying, or or you have felt dead. We are all in those places. We are all lost in our transgressions at one point in our life. We were all without hope. Dying, dried out, them bones. Them rattling dead bones. And now I want to, to say something else because I, 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 I'm going to read more today from the Bible because Acts 2, I was trying to figure out, just so you know, how much of Acts 2 I should read because that's the Pentecost text and where I should cut it off. But I'm going to read a bunch of it, and I'm going to skip some in the middle. But I just want you to know, when the day of Pentecost arrived, and they were all together in one place. Now remember, 
all together in one place is a reminder that the disciples, after the crucifixion of Jesus and all that, they often went back and they huddled behind closed doors. Now here they are huddled behind a closed door again, all together, and there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and divided tongues as the fire appeared to them. Thank you, by the way, for all those who painted their car red or flame colors today or put out blankets. The Spirit of the Lord and filled the room and hovered over each of them and began, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And now they were, they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at the sound, and the multitude came together. In other words, the sound in the room was so great that the people outside heard it and started to gather. This is not exactly the same as Paul on the Damascus Road where he heard the word of the Lord, but everybody else just heard the noise. This is everybody hearing the noise to bring them together to hear this thing. And, and at the sound, they were bewildered because they were hearing everybody speak in their own language. And they were amazed and saying, are not these Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? And then it goes on to list a bunch of countries. As I drop down further, I want to say this. Here's, the, here's what he started with. This is from Joel. And in the last days it shall be declared that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. By the way, that's also in the Ezekiel text. Right there, I'm, remember, when you come back, I will pour my spirit out. I will put my breath in you and you will know that I am Lord. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my male and female servants in those days will I pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and the signs on earth below, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. Why the language of blood and fire and vapors of smoke right in that spot? Because the change in life at the Spirit of God is just as big as the change from dry bones to a living army in Ezekiel. It's what, what they're talking about is essentially not just a paradigm shift where you understand something different, but a radical sea change. And it's such a big change that the earth shakes and rattles because your world has shifted upon you. That's what they mean when they do that in this text. When they say, and the day of the Lord becomes great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who comes calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But, but here's the thing. See, Jesus didn't just come to, to put dry bones back together and to build an army of people to just have the same old life that they always did. That's not what he said. He came that we would have life and have it to the full or pressed down and shaken and overflowing, that, that the, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, as it's about to do, because he starts to talk, Peter starts to tell the people that have gathered what has happened, and he goes like this, and he says literally, and this is who the Son of God is, as we get down here, and 
you crucified him. And I love the response down, down in, now they, when they heard Jesus said, this is both the Lord Jesus Christ whom you crucified. And now when they say in verse 37, they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest, brothers, what shall we do? Do you hear the question? Only you know, Lord. Can these bones live? When we've crucified the Lord, when we've been in that spot, how do, what do we know what to do? Only the Lord knows in a spot. Can your bones live? Do you know what to do to receive forgiveness? What can you do? Only the Lord knows. But, but the difference here is what happens is they come and they bore witness to what's going on and they saved this crooked generation and they devoted themselves to the teaching. Or as in Romans, it says, the righteous shall live by faith, which is a quote from Habakkuk, which actually means that the righteous, faithful life, that the righteous live by faithful life and faithful living. It's not just this moment. Let's say, I just need to ask Jesus into my heart and, and he'll take care of all the rest. No, it's, it's that this life that comes in the breath of the Lord that comes to us is supposed to be so big and be such a difference in your life that the earth literally shakes and rattles and, and fumes and lights and thunders. Is your life that different? I hope it is. Mine is. That the earth moved beneath my feet when he put his spirit in me and, and what it originally called life and all the things that I thought were life, they're not life anymore. Matter of fact, I can actually see now all the things that I thought before I knew Jesus that were life like, I don't know, standard college fraternity life. That's not life. Matter of fact, there's more headaches involved in that life than there is actual life involved in that life. There's more need to apologize. There's more stepping on toes. There's more all the things that we need to ask forgiveness for in that life. And yet, when we come to Jesus and the earth, how does it say? And the clouds come and the lightning peals and there's thunder and there's smoke. And the earth is covered. The earth, the change in our life when the Holy Spirit comes is just as big a change as what's being described in Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. It's not just when we feel like we're without hope. It's that before Christ and without Christ and without the word of the Lord, we actually are without hope, not because we don't know the Lord, but because we have no idea what we're supposed to do, and every single thing we do is the wrong thing. The righteousness of the Lord is different than the righteousness that we bring, and the righteous that live by faith, faithful living, the righteous that live that way, have had to submit and change everything about their life. It's as though earthquakes in your old life had to happen. So where do we see this Jesus the Lord, Yahweh promised life and hope 
Where do we see it? We see it when we take our old, dried, scattered bone valley of a life and say to him, I don't know if these bones can live, but you do, Lord. And I invite you this morning, as we start to talk about that, that that there's this biblical tradition being carried by the Spirit that happens. It even starts in this text, right? Ezekiel is carried by the Spirit to the Valley of the Dry Bones to see the actual situation that he's in, that his people are in. The actual situation that they're in is a place without hope of dry bones. Isaiah gets carried by the Spirit to the temple of the Lord in Isaiah 6, and he says to himself, Woe is me! I am a sinful man in a people of sinful, in a people with sinful lips that speak sin all the time, and I have seen the Lord. I am undone. Ezekiel to the Valley of Dry Bones, Philip and Acts to the Ethiopian eunuch out on the road, right? Reading the word of the Lord, but not understanding it. Philip just gets picked up and sat there and says, hey, I see you're reading uh, Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading? And he's going, how could I unless I have somebody to explain it to me? By the way, it's not Philip that's there to explain it to him. It's Philip there to explain Jesus, who then brings the Spirit and explains all that stuff. You have to hold up your life in such a way where you say, Lord, all I have is dry bones scattered in this valley. Can they live? If they can, show me, explain it to me. I will let you be in control. And so just like John in Revelation then called up into the temple again by the Spirit. There's this huge thing. But we are called not just to be carried by the Spirit, but not just to have hope through the Spirit, but to see hope and to know hope and to live in that moment of hope where His Spirit is poured down on us and we start to understand and know all the things that He had for us. From a valley of dry bones to a living people. From a people cut to the quick by the preaching of Peter to a people that devote themselves to the teaching and work of the Lord. This is our heritage and our tradition, to be carried by the Spirit. And Pentecost is that day. Today is that day. Now, if you've not experienced that, I'm going to ask you for just a moment, if you're interested or willing, that if while I pray and finish this sermon, because we're not just to be carried by the Spirit, we're not just to have the hope of the Spirit, we're not just to see the hope and to know the hope, but we're actually supposed to live in that hope by the Spirit of the Lord. And if you would, if you would, close your eyes while I pray and just hold your, hold your hands out as I pray this morning. Lord Jesus, all of us have fit all the categories of healing at one time or another in our lives. Carry us by the Spirit, Lord, into the place where we know where we're at. If we're in your Spirit, Lord, we ask for a filling, for a refilling. If we, if we 
if this sounds like so much gibberish to us, Lord, can it be explained to us? Only you know, Lord. And so we ask for your spirit to come down upon everybody that can hear my voice and and see your word and know your spirit and know your forgiveness that this isn't just Christmas where you come. It's not Easter where you forgive us and cleanse the temple. This is the place where you fill us with your spirit and, and show us what you mean and how to live and guide us so that in faithful living, the righteous may have life. Fill us, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, we pray this for everybody here, that they may know you, see you, and have hope. And life more than they had before. Amen.